James has been a, a brother to me, uh, especially over here these last, um, uh, last few years since coming back from Mobile. Um, James and Katie both have really uh, been very, uh, an encouragement to Christina and I, and so I really appreciate his friendship and our brotherhood. Uh, James has a real uh, fear of God, but he has no fear of man whatsoever. Uh, he did try to tase me one time, uh, unsuccessfully. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro. So uh, anyway, he, uh, but he's a great guy. He loves God. He, he wants to serve God. And um, he has grown and changed over the years through his own faith journey. And uh, I'm looking forward to what he's going to share with us today. So come on up, James. Thank you, brother, for your service. Thanks, Wade. I've grown and changed a lot. That was Wade's meshes a couple weeks ago. I rarely tase people anymore. Oh, thank you, Finn. Did you even see him? <laughs> Tie-dye is not the same as camouflage. All right. Good morning. Glad to be with you today. Um, where to start? All right, I'm gonna start here. This is the final week of Chris's sabbatical Sundays being away. Although, if you look towards the front row, <laughs> you may spot him and Donna. They're actually here today. Couldn't stay away. Isn't it nice to be loved? They love us so much. Uh, I'm gonna tell the story and hopefully it doesn't embarrass Chris. He doesn't mind. But we were swimming. Katie and I took the kids swimming last Sunday with her brother and his family. Uh, and we went to the neighborhood pool, Chris and Donna's neighborhood. And they loved their family, so they stopped by. They actually brought pizza. Um, and I was talking to Chris about our gathering last Sunday. And after a minute or two, I realized, wow, it sounds like he watched the entire live stream. Like, I didn't know if he was watching or not, but he definitely was. And then after another minute or two, I realized he saw things that happened before we started and after the live stream ended. Come to find out, he was watching the security cameras. <laughs> <laughs> he sees you when you worship. He knows if you are praying. <laughs> he knows if you respond to the things that you hear God saying. <laughs> you better watch out. I'm just kidding. We're not, we're not getting that. It, it's not creepy in any way. It's, it's because he really loves us and he cares about us. And he wants to know what God's doing in his people. God, is a very, uh, God is, loves us a lot, and Chris has that same heart for us uh, as a local church. So it's good to have a good pastor, and we missed you guys. We're glad you're back. Um, all right, very grateful also. We had Pete share a few weeks ago, and then Wade and then Patrick. Uh, they are all very gifted teachers slash preachers. Um, and we were very edified by what they shared. It was good. Um, and that's what it's for. It's for equipping us so that when we go out, we can follow his lead 
We can be equipped to do what he's called us to do. Um, I would consider what I'm saying today, I'm using this mic, I'm not using the little, I was telling Josh earlier, I feel like this one makes me sound more like a man. <laughs> the other mic is, never mind. Um, this is more of an exhortation. I'm not really gifted as a teacher, but I do want to convey what I believe God is saying. And so that's what I'm going to do this morning. Uh, I'm going to talk about joy. And Patrick shared some on joy last week when he talked about in our process of being disciplined by the Lord, it ends in joy. But actually, we can have joy throughout the whole process. So we're going to talk about joy. Katie also brought to my attention that last time I spoke, it was the fruit of the Spirit. And I talked about all the fruit. (laughs) But don't worry, this is just joy this morning. Just joy. And I'm going to talk slowly for my friend Alba Luisa, who's interpreting. Um, All right, so I'm going to read a couple of quotes. We're going to look at the Hebrew definition, joy and examine several scriptures. I feel like it's very important, on the one hand, to know what God's already said. Be aware of the promises he's made, uh, what he's already done, and then also to receive what he has for us today. Um, So first, do this quote. This is by Warren Wearsby. Defines joy as that inward peace and sufficiency that is not affected by outward circumstances. I feel like it's a solid definition. That represents pretty well how I would say I see joy or uh, what I believe to be true about joy as I started to prepare. Um, We'll table that for now. The Hebrew word for joy is simcha. Probably more like simcha, but I'm going to say simcha because I don't want to offend anyone. Um, It's used many, many times in the Bible. It means gladness, delight, pleasure, rejoicing, contentment. In the Jewish culture, simcha is a word laden with exhilaration and festive activities. It's like it expresses not only the joy of an event, but the noun, which means a happy event. So a holiday would be a simcha a birthday, a wedding, the birth of a child, all these different events, God said, we're going to celebrate this. This is important. Um, I was talking to, oh yeah, Kol Simka, which actually means the voice of joy. That's what they describe the joyous sounds of joyous events. Is actually literally translated voice of joy. I was talking to Bill Connolly, He likes to talk words, too. So if you ever want to talk about the meaning of words, he is a great source. Um, And about Simcha, and he says that in ancient Hebrew, it shows or exposes a life that's protected and also reveals the direction it will take you. Um, And we'll talk more about this. Then the Jews also celebrate Simcha Torah every year. It's the eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles, or it's a standalone day, depending on who you talk to, Um, but it's the day after those seven days, and it marks the conclusion of the annual cycle of public Torah reading, and then the first day of the new cycle. 
So they complete the annual readings and then they start the new year on the same day. And I think that's very important because there's something in that where they're never ending it, but it's a continual process. So they go straight from we're reading this year into the next year. It doesn't stop. With that, we're going to jump into some of God's word. Um, The Hebrews, they loved and celebrated his word, and so do we. That's part of our heritage. All right, his words to us become joy. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. As we come home to our identity as sons and daughters, realizing that we were called by his name, we hear his words to us and his words about us, and they become joy in our hearts. They become the delight of our hearts, what he says, what he speaks over us, what he speaks to us. We read in Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It enables us. It's what supports us. It's what allows us to worship in times of trials. Uh, Chris gave a word earlier and talked about the circumstances being overwhelming and too much. It's in those times that his joy is our strength. That's what we stand on, what he has said to us, what becomes the delight in our heart. It's all tied together. It's really interesting. Um, this is Psalms 30, 11, and 12. And I'm just going to keep going through these scriptures, uh, but just so we have some biblical context for what we're talking about. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. Clothed us with joy. I like the physical celebratory responses that he's talking about here. He says, dancing, singing, praising. And it's joyful because of the exchange he's talking about. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. We gave that up. We gave him our trash. Donna likes to talk about the divine exchange. We give him all of our mess. And he gives us new life. Exchange for dancing and singing. Why can we dance and we, why can we sing? Why can we rejoice? Because we know what he's done for us. Psalm 16, we see it's in his presence that we're filled with joy. When he's communing with us, giving us revelation, scripture says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And we talked about that just a minute ago, that his joy reveals the direction that he's taking us. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Where are we filled with joy? In his presence. It's so clear. That's it. That's the only place. In his presence. It's not something that we can conjure up. It's not tied to self-help or positive thinking. 
It's something that he imparts in us, in his presence. Based on the letter to the Galatians, we know that part of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Um, And Wade even mentions this morning, it's not something that's out of our carnality. It's something that can only be produced by his Spirit in us. Um, it's, It's a product. It's kind of like we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. It's a product of being in his presence. You can call it being in his presence or having his Holy Spirit. It's the same thing. It's him with us. And the fruit of that, the product of that, are these certain things, like joy, that comes from us being with him. In um, John 15, Jesus is talking about abiding in him, that he's the vine. He talks about how he abides in the Father and how we're called to abide in him, Jesus. He says, I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And that's kind of a new wrinkle to it. So not only is he our source of joy, but he gives us his joy. It doesn't say, I've told you these things so that you can find your joy. But it says, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete because it's his joy. It's what we're receiving. Uh, You think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He talks about for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. Jesus was agonizing back and forth with the Father. But once he knew the Father's purpose, the direction, he submitted to that. And that, the joy set before him. And a lot of people say, well, that's, that's us. We're the, our salvation. And it, I'm sure it is, some of it. I'm sure there's a lot. But also pleasing his Father. That's a big one. Pleasing his Father. That was part of the joy set before him, accomplishing what his father sent him to do. How am I doing, Alba Luisa? First um, Peter 1.8 says, You believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. And this is after describing our new life in verses 3 and 4. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. We're so grateful for that. Because of what he did, we believe in him, and we're filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. I believe Joy has a sense of expectation to it, that God's going to do something. Uh, maybe tied to like a revelation that he's at work. Like it's expectant because God's doing something. It's, there's so much of it that I, can, I, I feel like it's tied together like peace, peace and joy. They, like, they work together. But hope, hope and joy. A lot of times when we are overwhelmed, it becomes that hope. Well, God's going to do what he said he would do. He's done it before. Hope, faith, all those things work together. All right. 
Keep going, James. I'm talking about this. Well, hold on. Hold on, I went too fast. So as we abide in him and we're with him, we're filled with his joy. We find joy in his presence. Things can change. Uh, maybe not right away those overwhelming circumstances that we're feeling or the big battles that we're in right now, but our perspective can start to change, that he's good and he's faithful and he can do this. And as we see that start to change, we'll probably see some of those circumstances change too. But it starts with us abiding in him with sharing about joy, like my first thought is like, oh yeah, talk about like depression and sadness and grieving and mourning and those kinds of things. And then, you know, joy comes in and is our weapon against that, combats it. But it's not. His presence is what fixes it. He uses things, the fruit of his spirit, the product of being with him, is joy, but it's being with him is where we have to start. All right. So I'm talking about joy because I believe it's what God is talking to me about for us today. Um, I, and I'm certainly not an expert, and I feel like I'm speaking to myself as much as anyone else. But my heart is that we would hear God together and that we would respond together. We're in this community of faith, this church together, uh, because God works in that way a lot with community. And so as we hear him together and we respond together, we get to see so much. So my prayer for us leading up to today was like, God, help my heart be responsive to you and help all of our hearts be responsive to you. We want to hear you. Um, oh yeah, on oh, this scripture, the kingdom of God is neither eating nor drinking, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what he's called us to. We're called to his kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. It's not about, it's not about how we see certain things. It's not about our specific beliefs that may not line up with other people. Uh, but we're called to his kingdom, and he's allowed, he's allowed to speak how he wants to, and he's allowed to move how he wants to, and we want to be part of that kingdom. And it's not about rules, what you do and what you don't do, but it's about finding him. Righteousness, peace, and joy. The behavior will match up if our hearts are right. The behavior doesn't work. You can't get the behavior ahead of the heart. It doesn't work. We know that. Well, a lot of us know that, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, Charles Spurgeon said it well. He said, believers are not dependent upon circumstances. Their joy comes not from what they have, but from what they are. Not from where they are, but from whose they are. And not from what they enjoy, but from that which was suffered for them by their Lord. Yeah, that's good. That's why I read Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> 
<laughs> says things really well. The joy of the Lord is a constant gladness and cause to rejoice. It stems from an inner strengthening from our relationship with him. When Jesus died for us, he restored us to a peace with God that cannot be undone. And that's the life protected that we hear in the Hebrew. We can only have joy because of what he's done. It's the story of our salvation. It's the story of a father bringing his children home. It's the story of a king laying his life down for the joy set before him. I think it's uh, fitting today that we're going to have communion just a little bit um, because we want to remember what he's done for us, his goodness to us. We want to rejoice because of his goodness. This is one of the things that God has set aside and said, do this in remembrance of me because it's worth participating in but really celebrating. There, there's a celebration. We don't, we don't come to communion flippantly. But there should be joy. There should be joy because of what he's done. And we partake in that joy. It's part of his covenant with us that we're remembering, that we're celebrating, that we're rejoicing in what he's done. Um, so what's going to happen in a few minutes, I'm going to ask the, the leaders that are helping serve communion to come up here. Not just yet. Um, but what we're going to do as well is there are going to be two couples. Uh, Jamie and Kathy will be up here and Roger and Ray will be up here. And I feel like we need to take serious his word to examine our hearts before we come to the table. And there will be those two couples available. If, if you feel like there's something God's saying or something you need to pray about before receiving communion today, then I would ask you to just hold back a second, let them, they're going to come up here and receive communion in the first round, and then they're going to be on either side, and they're available to pray with you. Uh, also, after communion, we'll have ministry time. Um, but let me pray for us. Lord, I'm so grateful that you speak to us. You have spoken to us, we have your word, and you continue to speak to us. Because what you're after is our hearts and a relationship. And I ask that you would set our hearts free today to relate to you, to be your children. That you would teach us what it means to be your sons and daughters. And that we would get the full benefit of being your children. We're so grateful when you move and you do things and we receive the blessings that you have for us, but the real blessing is being with you. And I pray our hearts would be tuned that way, where your word would be the delight in our hearts. And your presence is where we would be filled with joy. I pray that you would speak to each one of us today. And as we respond to you, 
not because we're trying to get something out of you, but because you want to be with us and you really want to bless us. And you've already done so much. We rejoice in what you've done. We praise your name for what you've done. We give you glory for what you've done. Pray that you would move in our hearts today. And we pray that we would see continued freedom and salvation in our own lives, in the lives of our families, in the lives of our neighbors, in the lives of our coworkers, the people we run into. We want to be a part of what you're doing, Lord. We want to be filled. We want to be in your presence receiving from you. Changed, not the same. Help us today. Help us to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name.